Good morning. As uh, Pastor Anderson indicated, we are in our Mark Madness series, and on Mondays we are looking at the miracles of Mark. And uh, we're going to look at what I refer to as the Mark Madness horror story. And this is the story that we find in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. It's probably the story uh, in regards to demonic possession that you're probably more familiar with. This is the story right after Jesus and his disciples go across the tumultuous Sea of Galilee and they land over in the region of Decapolis, and right off the bat, he encounters legion. And so we're going to talk about that story today, and we're going to dig into that story. But I want to do something a little bit differently. I want to do something a little bit creative with you this morning in reading that story. I want to do somewhat of a reader's theater experience. And so I'm going to play the role of the narrative. Uh, excuse me, the narrative. That's weird. I'm going to play the role of the narrator. There we go. Uh, Evan is going to play the role of Jesus. Come on up, Evan. The rest of you, though, get to play the role of the demon-possessed man. All right? Collectively, you are the demon-possessed man. All right. Here we go. And they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes, and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he had wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him night and day among the tombs, and on the mountains he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. By the way, in red is what you'll be reading. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? Creepy. Uh, And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told, and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid." And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him, and he did not prohibit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. Thank you, Evan. This doesn't show up very well, but I think you can probably see it. How many of you have seen the movie The Exorcist? Okay, a few of you have seen that movie. 
The Exorcist debuted on December 26th, because everyone thinks of exorcism when they think of Christmas, right? Or Boxing Day, rather. Uh, December 26th in 1973. I was barely a year old when that movie came out. We won't talk about the age of some of you when that movie came out. And in fact, some of you weren't even a twinkle in your parents' eyes at that point in time. 1973. About 20-some years later is actually when I saw the movie for the first time. I was an undergraduate student here at Concordia, and I had a theology prof that on occasion would refer to this movie in his class. And he would talk about how in this film he saw a Christ figure in the young priest who sacrifices his life to save the young woman who is demon-possessed. And so since I'd heard my professor mention this more than once, I thought, I got to see this movie to see what he's talking about. And so I think it was like on a Monday night, uh, my roommate and I agreed to go watch the movie. That was back in the day of VHS. Are you familiar with these things, VHS? Okay. Back in the day of VHS and Blockbuster Video, by the way. And so we went and we rented that movie and, and watched it. It was at nighttime, and it freaked the heck out of me. I was freaked out when I saw that movie, and then I did something really dumb. I went to bed after it. (laughs) And I remember laying there in bed, not able to sleep, because every little noise or shadow, I was wondering if maybe there were demons coming to get me. And it was right then and there that I swore that I would never watch that movie ever again. And even when they did the whole anniversary of the movie later on, I still did not go see it. I have to this day not watched it. Once was good enough for me. Now, there was something that really disturbed me about the movie, and it wasn't about the young girl whose head turned around, nor was it about the pea soup-like substance that projected out of her mouth, nor the fact that she had this very creepy demon visage that came upon her face. Rather, what disturbed me was what happened at the ending. You see, I disagreed with my professor in regards to the movie. I understood what he was saying. The priest at the end of the movie, uh, spoiler alert, I apologize if you're going to see the movie, I'm going to spoil it for you. Spoiler alert, the priest at the end of the movie, the rite of exorcism fails, and so his last straw is to invite the demon to come into him, and then he jumps out of the second story window of the house, commits suicide and dies. And that's how the movie ends. The girl is set free, but now we have a dead priest on the pavement. And that was unsettling to me. Because to me, the movie ended not in faith, but in fear. To me, the movie said the victor was actually Satan. It disturbed me that the word of God failed in its ability to exercise the demon out of this young girl, and it took the death of this priest in order for that to happen. But you know what? Horror stories of the stripe do that kind of thing. They they leave you unsettled. They leave you with a, a sense of dread. They leave you with a sense that maybe Satan has won. I want you to take a look at the moment back at our story. Imagine if in Mark 5... That Mark 5 just ended with the description of the demon-possessed man. Imagine when we focus on the man, the kind of picture that we get. 
Here's a man who makes his home amongst the dead, rotting corpses. His naked body is bloodied and full of bruises and scratches and scars. Day and night he howls and shrieks and cries out in agony and suffering and pain. Unable to be physically bound by chains, he is bound, rather, by a swarming, buzzing mass of evil spirits. He is in darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of his teeth. You see, if we walk away from the story with this picture, and only that picture, we're left with an image of fear. And that's what the modern-day horror story seeks to do. It seeks to leave us like frightened children hiding underneath our bedsheets, begging our parents to leave the lights on. And we're also left, by the way, with this picture of unrelenting evil and the glorification of the powers of darkness. Which is why we need to shift our focus away from the horror to the hero of the story. And Jesus, after he he battles the powers of darkness on the Sea of Galilee, he lands on the shore and enters in this horror story as a soldier prepared for battle. And his opponent knows it such because immediately the demoniac comes up to Jesus and he claims to have the upper hand on Jesus. You see, while the demoniac might be falling to his knees, It's not in submission to Jesus. His words actually give away his plan. He says this to Jesus. He speaks actually a word of command to Jesus. He says, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. The word adjure, by the way, isn't this seeking of mercy or compassion from Jesus. Rather, it was a word of the day that was commonly found in magical exorcism texts. You see, the one who is bound tries to bind Jesus. He tries to use magic on Jesus to cast authority upon him because that word exorcism, excusia, means power or authority. And he tries to have that power or that authority over Jesus and to bind him in the darkness and to cast him from the land. But you know what? We realize that Jesus truly is the stronger man. And not just the mere man, as even the demon act hints at when he calls him son of the most high God. And Jesus' word against the demon act proves to be a stronger word. In a twist of irony, the spirits then are bound to the pigs who are driven and drowned in the sea. And the bound man is now free. And the hero, he has conquered the enemy. And then here's where our focus needs to shift one more time. As as I love how this this picture shows it, if you can see it all that well. Jesus is helping the now free demon-possessed man. Where the text says that he is now in his right mind. He is now being clothed. And Jesus tells him, go back, tell your friends what the Lord has done for you. You know, in some respects, 
you and I are a lot like that demon-possessed man. It's the reason why I wanted you to read collectively that man. It's kind of creepy, wasn't it? You heard the multiple voices saying, I am legion, for we are many. Now, in thinking of yourself like this man, okay, you may not be literally possessed by an army of unclean spirits, but here's the thing. Satan's tactic for you and for me is no different than the tactic that he did to that poor soul in Mark 5. You see, we read in 1 John 3.8 these words from John. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. You see, John makes it clear that there is an intimate connection between our own sin and Satan. Our sinful nature, that old creature that's inside of us, still lurks there. He still tries his best to bind us to sin, to bind us to death, to bind us to the darkness and to fear. And doesn't that old creature also seek to exercise, cast out the Spirit of God out of our own lives? Not unlike what Legion was attempting to do with Jesus. Doesn't he seek to speak lies to us, telling us we can't possibly be loved by God for what we've done? Telling us that we might as well give up on prayer, give up on the Word of God, and give up on our faith altogether. Did you know that uh, the Gospel of John doesn't include any exorcism stories? Now you might be asking, wait a minute, aren't we in a Mark Madness series? Why is he bringing up the Gospel of John? The reason being is that actually John does talk about exorcism, but talks about it in a unique way. And it's Jesus' words that we read in John 12, 31-32. Jesus says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Ekbalo in Greek. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. You see, John describes the crucifixion as a cosmic exorcism of the devil out of this world. And the exorcism of the cross is still powerful to us today. You see, whenever the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached to us, there is a binding and a casting out of that old creature within us. Which is why it's important for us to constantly hear that good news of the forgiveness of sins that we have in Christ Jesus. Because the devil working on our sinful nature, working on that old creature within us, is constantly trying to steer us away from faith to fear and ultimately to doubt and death. Which is why we need to remember that just as the demon-possessed man was utterly, utterly dependent upon Jesus for his deliverance, so too are you and I utterly dependent upon our Savior 
to save us from the powers of darkness. And the good news I tell you today, people, is that God promises us. He promises us that he indeed saves and delivers us from the devil's grasp. Let's pray.